Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We thank God for such a wonderful time in his presence. This morning, if you are glad to be in the house of the Lord, I want to hear a shout offering unto the Lord. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Oh, I don't feel you. Hallelujah. This is PIWC. This is not old, uh, you know, old folks' places. Hallelujah. Kind of feels be on your feet. Until I feel some presence, some feel some fire, we are not going to continue. Hallelujah. So if you want to really wow the place up, be ready to scream aloud and let the heavens know that you too, you count. Hallelujah. You too, you are here. Hallelujah. All right, let's go. We are shouting. The Bible says, I make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, let's scream. Hallelujah. Whoa. Hallelujah. You may have your seat. Amen. This morning, I'm glad uh, to be given the chance uh, by the pastor and his um, leaders to be used to minister the word of God today. Um, I pray that the Lord will find me useful this time to bless you as we wait upon him. Amen. Amen. All right. So, uh, March is a month that the Lord, uh, the pastor set up for us to focus on what God does, on God himself. And so, today we want to talk about living and working by the anointing of God. Hallelujah. Living by the anointing of God. Living or working by the anointing of God. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads for a short word of prayer. Mighty God, into your arms we commit all of us. We ask, O oh God, that you will speak unto us. Grant us insight into the deeper things that beat wise men, so that we will leave, we leave this place knowing that we have encountered you and have observed mysteries that you want us to know. I pray and lay myself bare. Father, direct me, O God, for I am but human, but you are God. Let your people hear you and will follow your word by signs and miracles, as you asked us to do. We ask this in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, so we are talking by living or working by the anointing of God. What is anointing? I like to talk about the anointing so much. I think I may have spoken about it before sometime in the past. But when I waited on God, that is what God gave me to speak on. What is the anointing? Um, the anointing, according to the Bible dictionary, is to smear with any liquid. To smear with liquid. In some churches, they have anointing service. So uh, at some point in time, they will call people up front and, you know, I'd pray for them, put oil on their foreheads to signify them being anointed. So literally, when we say the anointing, we are talking about smearing you with oil or some form of uh, perfume or some kind of uh, concoction that represents oil. Hallelujah. So that is a literal meaning and it is still practiced. In this church, we don't believe that you have to put oil on people before they get anointed. We believe that the anointing still exists without a touch. Hallelujah. So you can't be anointed without the oil. That is why we don't bring oil here. So if you go somewhere and they are using oil, it's not that we are not spiritual. We are, some of us are more spiritual because we believe that even without oil, you can't be anointed. Hallelujah. So that's the literal sense of what we mean by the anointing. It also means to consecrate or make sacred in a ceremony that includes the token of applying oil to consecrate. And that is a key word there because in the Bible, 
that is also there to consecrate. And um, uh, the example they said that he anointed the new high priest. So a high priest may be anointed, may be consecrated, may, uh, oil may be applied or poured on him to be uh, consecrated for that reason. That is what we call an anointing. And then dictionary, this is not Bible. I'm, t- I'm telling you what the world understands about the anointing. Hallelujah. So they know a lot. And also it means to dedicate to the service of God. That's the dictionary meaning of anointing. To dedicate to the service of God. As a matter of fact, they got it all right. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, what is the purpose of the anointing? So it is one thing we know the anointing, but why the anointing? What is the purpose of the anointing? The purpose is some of them have been said already in the meaning that we read. And one is uh, to dedicate to the service of God. So if you are anointed, you are anointed to do something for God. So there is no service to God without the anointing. Hello? You got to preach with me here. So when, when we talk about the anointing, we are talking about working or doing something for God. It may be for men or for women or for children, but ultimately you are doing it for God. So the anointing, the purpose of the anointing is to do service for God and also to set apart. That is what it says by being consecrated. You are being removed from among the bunch to do something unique. That is the anointing. So when you are anointed, you no longer belong to the class of people. You are, you are a man or woman, all right, but you have been set apart. Let's think about uh, the anointing of Samson, as we know in the Bible. Uh, we call him the Nazarite, right? So when you are anointed or consecrated, you are removed from ordinariness. Everybody say ordinariness. You are no more an ordinary person. You have been removed and placed on a different pedestal to do something unique, set apart. Hallelujah. So that is another purpose. So you anoint you to remove you from being ordinary or to remove you from doing the same things, to become unique. So anointing brings uniqueness because there's a significance that comes by the anointing. Oh, I didn't hear amen. I will stop and sit down if I don't hear amen. Hallelujah. There is a significance in the anointing because when the anointing comes, there is a removal from the ordinary placed on a different level altogether. That is why we all need the anointing. Tell your neighbor you need the anointing because you don't want to be ordinary. Come on, tell them, neighbor, you need the anointing because you don't want to be ordinary. Hallelujah. Amen. That is what it is to have the anointing to be set apart. Now that we know what anointing is, let's talk about some forms or some kinds of anointing because we are talking about living and working by the anointing. The first kind of anointing we want to talk about is what I call the priestly anointing. I haven't read any book. This is what God told me when I read. Hallelujah. So if you find it somewhere, don't say I copy it. And if it doesn't make sense, that's what God told me. Hallelujah. So the first one is what I call the consecrated or priestly Anointing priest like a, like a, like a priest. If we read in First Peter chapter number two, and verse nine. First Peter two, verse nine, the priestly anointing, and we can also read Exodus chapter number twenty nine, verse forty seven, and Exodus twenty nine twenty. But we can start off with First uh, Peter two nine. If you can project that. From the NIV, otherwise I will go to my notes. I think I copied it in. Yes. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness. See, all the meanings and purpose of anointing is here. But you are a chosen, different people set apart. A royal priesthood, a holy nation. How can a nation be in a nation? You are in the United States, but you are a holy nation because of the anointing. 
And then God's special possession, again set apart, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Now, this kind of anointing, the priestly anointing, actually pertains to every believer. The moment you become a believer, you have some of the priestly anointing by the deposit of the Holy Spirit in you. As we say that if you get born again, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in you. Just a little bit, a deposit, until the day that you actually get, you know, uh, a fire for God and the Spirit infills you to the brim, where you begin to speak in tongues, you begin to do all those wonderful things that we know of. You have a deposit. So that is the priestly anointing. Set apart to be a priest. Now, let's go to Exodus chapter number 29, verses 4 to 7. Are you there? Yes. Then bring Aaron and his sons to the entrance to the tent of meeting and wash them with water. Everybody read that portion with me. And wash them with water. Take the garments and dress Aaron with the tunic, the rope of the ephod, the ephod itself, and the breast piece. Okay, verse 6. Fasten the effort on him by its skillfully woven waistband. Put the turban on his head. Attach the sacred emblem to the turban. Take the anointing. Read verse 7 with me. Take the anointing oil and anoint him by pouring it on his head. Hallelujah. This is the time that Aaron and his people, his family, his children, were set apart to become the priests to serve God to become the priest of God in the land of Israel. And what happened? They had to wash them. They had to make sure they were clean. They dressed them up in unique clothing, uniqueness. And then after everything, the semblance of the anointing, which is the pouring down of the oil came. Hallelujah. The Bible says that, take the anointing oil and anoint him by pouring it upon his head. Hallelujah. Amen. The priestly anointing. So if you are here and you have the priestly anointing, you have been set apart to do the work of God just like Aaron and his children were. Now, let's read on uh, the verse number 21 of the same scripture, of the same chapter. And take some blood. Everybody says some blood. And take some blood from the altar and some of the anointing oil and sprinkle it on Aaron and his garments, and on his sons and their garments. Then he and his sons and their garments will be consecrated. Now, I intentionally added this because I want to prove to you that all you here have a little bit, at least, if not a full uh, a priestly anointing of the anointing that we call priestly anointing. A little bit of it. Now, before you become a priest, first of all, you have to be saved you have to be born again. You have to be a child of God. You cannot become the priest of God when you are a sinner. You cannot become a priest of God when you don't know God. How can you be God's priest when you yourself, you are not a believer? Hallelujah. And the first step of being born again or becoming one of God's is by being saved. And in verse 21, as it is written there, take some blood. Everybody says some blood. The blood represents the salvation. And today in our Christian life, the blood of Jesus is the first inclination, the first thing that you have which brings you salvation. When the blood washes you, when Jesus accepts you, you are, you are washed and cleansed and bought and atoned for by the blood of Jesus. And once that is done, if you allow the oil of God to be poured, which is the Holy Ghost, then you have the full priestly anointing. Does that make sense to somebody? Hallelujah. So the priestly anointing comes first with the blood. And then after the blood, the oil. So the blood and the oil combined gives you the priestly anointing. You cannot get the oil alone without the blood, without being born again. Hello? Hallelujah. In the interest of time, let's move on. But I want you to keep that in mind. That if you are here today and you do not have the blood on you. If you have not been sprinkled, you've not, the blood of Jesus has not been sprinkled on you yet. You have not had an encounter with the blood of Jesus. 
you have not yet been in a place where you can receive the oil. Hello? Before you go to two, you must start from one. Before you go to a, uh, B, you got to go to what? A. So the blood is the first. Your salvation is the first. If you are not born again, you got to be born again. You got to be saved by Christ. And after that, the oil that makes you a priest. That, says, that we read in 1 Peter 2.9. That says that we are all a royal holy nation, a priesthood, a royal priesthood. Then that will happen. Because that will happen after you have been born again. Hallelujah, somebody. Amen. The next anointing. Now, you will say, so where, how comes, uh, where will pastor be in this scenario of priest? Pastor is the chief priest. Hallelujah. You and I are the priests. And the people above us who teach us, they are the chief priests. Hallelujah. They have a special kind of anointing too. Yet the same. And Diaz, the difference with Diaz is that they spend more time with God. They have more of the oil. But when it comes to the blood, it's the same across board. Hallelujah. Amen. The second kind of the anointing is the custodian anointing. Everybody say custodian anointing. Hallelujah. I have seen with my own eyes. When, I, when the Lord began to teach me this, he began to point some people to me in the church. Do you see this person? I have, this anointing is on him. This person has anointing. And I don't want to mention names because maybe somebody thinks they have it and if I don't mention their name. <laughs> Hallelujah. The day that have it, they know. We will find out. Custodian anointing. Hallelujah. Numbers chapter number 4, verse 16. Eliza, son of Aaron, the priest, is to have charge. Everybody say, to have charge of the oil of the light, the fragrant incense, the regular grain offering, and the anointing oil. He is to be in charge of the entire tabernacle and everything in it, including its holy furnishings and articles. Hallelujah. In short, the priestly anointing is the anointing that gives people the power to handle stuff, to be in charge. Everybody say to be in charge. Hallelujah. Some of us, we have been blessed, but we don't have the anointing to keep things in order. And so money comes. I will ask God, God, so should, do I have this anointing? He said, I can't cry. You need some money. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because some of us, money comes, and at the end of the year, you don't see the money. You don't have the custodian anointing. It's missing somewhere. Some of you, you see mercy sales. Every time mercy is having sales, you see. As for you, you won't miss it. You need the custodian anointing. Hallelujah. You can't keep things together. You, can't, you don't have charge. You don't have control of stuff. Hallelujah. Beloved, as we defined anointing earlier, anointing is the ability to take specific action, the, the specific power to, to, to control certain things that other people may not have. So to be able to do certain things, you need anointing for that. And you, to be able to manage stuff, you have to have the custodian anointing. Hallelujah. People with custodian anointing, they produce increase. You give them small things and they increase it. Hallelujah. People with custodian anointing, you commit certain things to them in the church and they will make sure it will flourish. You don't have to say anything to them. They know what time to get to church. They know what time to open and clean. They know what time to set the machines. They know, they make sure that everything is in order. Hallelujah. I wish I could mention names. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Custodian anointing. Sometimes you go to the basement and you don't know how it happened, but there's always food. Custodian anointing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some people are naturally giving that thing. It's, it, it doesn't bother them. Hallelujah. One time, uh, I, my wife and I had to stay because they were not here. And I'm like, hey, all this, everybody left. We were the last people to leave. And, but somebody lives here every day last. <laughs> we never talk about it. Custodian anointing. Hallelujah. If you have that anointing, it doesn't pain you. It doesn't hurt when you're doing it. It's like, it comes naturally because you have received the anointing of God to do that. Hallelujah. And that is why the Bible says that some people have been given the charge. They make sure that the oil is there. They make sure this is working. They make sure this is working. They have received the custodian anointing. Hallelujah. I wish that I have the custodian anointing because in our homes, most of us, we don't have custodian anointing. Go to your bedroom right now. You know, look at how you left your bedroom, the mess you left it. No custodian anointing. 
Everything is busy, bizarre. Everything is rough. Everything is mishappen. Hallelujah. Because you don't have the anointing to keep things in charge. You don't have charge. You don't have control. You lack the custodian anointing. To be able to do that, today you can pray and say, God, give me the custodian anointing. The anointing that makes me make sure things are in order. I have life insurance. My kids' college uh, things are set in order. You know what? I'm going to retire at this age. Therefore, I'm going to contribute this amount to my 401k. It doesn't come by chance, so you need the custodian anointing. You need the Holy Spirit to put those things in you. Hallelujah. Or else you'll be moving around. Everything will be like it's working. But soon and very soon, you'll realize, hey, I'm 60. What do I have? <laughs> Hallelujah. You lack the custodian anointing. You'll be coming to church every day. You'll be doing all the offerings. And yet, you couldn't manage your own affairs because you lack the custodian anointing. May God forbid. Hallelujah. Today we are going to pray that the Lord will give us a custodian anointing so that we will be able to manage our lives in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. If you read in Genesis chapter number 30, verse 27 to 30. Let's go there. Genesis 20, uh, 30, 27 to 30. I may not have given you, sorry. And Genesis 41, 39 to 48. Joseph and Jacob are the people we want to talk about here. So, then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. Keep going. This guy had another form of anointing we would come to. You shall be in charge. Everybody say, be in charge of my palace. And I'll continue. And all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne, I'll be greater than you. This person had a custodian anointing. You see, the Pharaoh saw him as somebody with a special kind of anointing. As a matter of fact, I think he said it. Okay, let's keep going, yes? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all things to know to you, and I, okay, you shall be in charge, okay? Uh, didn't I read this already? And all my people are to submit to your orders and only with respect to that. Yes, keep going. 41. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. That is what he saw in Joseph. He said, I put you in charge of the whole land. What would make a king take a foreigner and put him in charge of the whole of the country? He said that everything except being the king, that's what that one is me. Hallelujah. Because there was a special kind of anointing on him. And if you know, as you can read, keep going, verse 42. Uh -huh. then, Pharaoh said, took, then Pharaoh took a signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine linen and put gold chain on him. Yes, 43. He had him ride in a chariot and his, uh, as his second in command. And people shouted before him, make way. Everybody say, make way. When the custodian anointing is working, oh, God will make way. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thus he put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Verse 44. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, but without your word, no one will lift hand or foot in all of Egypt. Yes, 45. Pharaoh gave Joseph the name Zephaniah, Penah, and gave him Asana, daughter of Potipharah, priest of On, to be his wife. And Joseph went throughout the land of Egypt, yes? Joseph was 30 years old. I was surprised. 30 years old, oh. 30 years old. I am... Hallelujah. Yeah, let's end in there. Joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from... Uh, first presence and traveled throughout Egypt. Yes, 47. During the seven years of abundance, the land produced plentifully. That is the key that I wanted you to see. When a man of custodian anointing is working things, there is a production of abundance and plenty. Everybody say plenty. Because they plan. The custodian anointing, when the custodian anointing is on you, you are disciplined. 
When you have the custodian anointing, you dream and you plan ahead for the future. When you have the custodian anointing on you, you are favored by God. Now, because of time, um, maybe let's read a little bit. Genesis 30 verse 27. A little bit about Ossie Jacob. The Bible says that this man worked for Laban, his uncle, for seven years for a wife to marry, right? And then after that, he worked another seven years because the wife that he wanted wasn't given. Fourteen years he did. And are you there? But Laban said to him, so after some time, after he got his wife, he said, okay, time over. Now let me get out of here and make my own wealth, make me do my own things. Look at what Laban said. But Laban said to him, if I have found favor in your eyes, please stay. I have learned by divination. Everybody say by divination. I have learned by divination that the Lord has blessed me because of you. The custodian anointing was on Jacob. Such that the Bible says that whatever he touched was blessed. He had increase. Everything he did was increasing. In fact, the flock that he came to, he multiplied them. And everything, the house of Laban had seen increase. And that is why Laban was like, uh, please stay, don't go. Even though you got your wives, stay here. Because by divination, I've seen by the Spirit. Divination just means that something has been revealed to me. I have seen a special kind of anointing on you. I can see there's something unique about you. Because you don't preach, oh, you are not a preacher. No, 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 no. You don't go to church like uh, the quiet type who you are a little loud. No, 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 no. I mean, it's not, it's not like everything is perfect with you, but there's something else. Something unique about you is that because you are here, I'm prospering. Because you are here, I'm increasing. That is the custodian anointing. Everybody say hallelujah. That is why he didn't want him to leave. Hallelujah. So that when the custodian anointing comes, you are favored. It's not by works. It's not by power. It's not by anything of you. It is by the spirit, which is the oil of God on your life. Hallelujah. The presence, the anointing of God on you will bring that increase. Hallelujah. Now let's go to the third form of anointing. I'm hoping to hit fire and then we'll pray. Hallelujah. The, the fourth one is the king's, oh, this is the third one, I'm sorry. The third one is the king's anointing. Everybody say king's anointing. Oh, are you tired already? Say king's anointing. Hallelujah. This is anointing for leadership. Hallelujah. Some people have been anointed to lead. Some people, they run away from leadership and they are caught. Hallelujah. Now, there are some people who fight for leadership. And when they come to power, they kill the people that they fought for. Like what we are hearing and watching in the news. You are fighting to live and be a president forever. And because of that, whatever it takes, you have to amass weapons to kill other people, capture their nation so that your people will think that you are strong and then they will keep making you president. This is not the leadership that was brought by the king's anointing. The king's anointing, people actually say, oh, I'm not ready. But every time they come, every time people go over, please, but please, because there's a special anointing on them. Leadership anointing. That is how leadership anointing is. Hallelujah. And on a leadership anointing, let's read from 1 Chronicles 29 and 22. It's up. They ate and drank with great joy in the presence of the Lord that day. Then they acknowledged Solomon, son of David, as king a second time anointing him before the Lord to be ruler and Zadok to be priest. Hallelujah. So the anointing in the olden days, I mean, in, in, in the Old Testament, before you become a king, you have to be anointed. In fact, they said that, the, the, in scripture it says, anointed to be. Hallelujah. So there is no leadership without the oil. Uh, hello? Hallelujah. So that is the leadership anointing I'm talking about. If in your place of work or school or wherever you are called to be a leader, first thing you should remember is, God, please anoint me for this job. Give me the leadership anointing. Oh, when the leadership anointing comes upon you, you are going to be a compassionate leader. Hallelujah. When the leadership anointing or king's anointing comes upon you, you are, going to, you are not going to fight to lead. Hallelujah. 
You are going to be chosen. You are going to be favored. God's favor will come upon you. Hallelujah. You will be a humble leader. Hallelujah. You will be a peaceful leader. You will be a steward of God. Hallelujah. The leadership anointing, when it comes, you will love God. Those who are leaders chosen by God, they naturally love God. You watch. Those who themselves make themselves leader, those who fight to be leaders, who are not chosen by the anointing, they don't love God. They could care less about what people will say. Hallelujah. Because for them, it is fighting to lead. But for the anointed leader, it is God choosing to lead. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Anointed king, or a king's anointing, when it comes upon you, you are compassionate. You are empathetic. Hallelujah. Sometimes, this Russia thing that's going on, I watch our own president. I'm like, ah, I wish I were there. I don't think I'm that leader. That's why I'm not chosen. I don't have that anointing. Hallelujah. Because why would you say that we are not going to give them airplanes to fight them even though they are our allies and we watch these people being slaughtered? Because somebody says, oh, I may use nuclear weapons. We have nuclear weapons too. It's just an empty threat. Hallelujah. That is why he is the person to be there, the right person right now. Because the person who has no compassion, who doesn't care about life, say, whatever comes to come, this guy, I'm going to bomb him. Hallelujah. And we will be running away right now because if they begin to bomb, uh, their, their, their nuclear weapons will be pointed here. And if you have other place to run to, won't you run? <laughs> Hallelujah. Presiding, you will go to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So, I mean, it's, we are making light of what is going on, but if God hasn't chosen you to lead in a specific time and you put yourself there, you are not empathetic. You don't think about those things. And that is why the other guy is not thinking about women and children dying. Just for what? Because he's not chosen. He, put, he forced himself to be there. Yeah, 20 years. Hello? A leadership anointing or king's anointing brings empathy to people. You see the suffering of people and you cannot stand. Hallelujah. Because the oil of God has come. Because remember, you are leading God's people. And God cares about his people. So God will not anoint somebody who doesn't care about people. Hello? It's just as plain as that. Hallelujah. So those of us who are leaders who sometimes forget where we have come from, we got to check our lives. Hallelujah. Amen. Because we are leading God's people. Amen. Now, in the interest of time, we are going to swing to the next one. Hello? I hope you are not tired. All right. So the next one is the anointing for joy, or what I call the oil of gladness. Hello? The oil of gladness. So there's a specific kind of anointing which brings joy. Hallelujah. I've spoken about joy before until I saw, uh, when I was preparing for this, God brought it to my attention. that You know what? There's a special anointing for joy. Anointing for gladness. The Lord can put an oil on you such that it doesn't matter what you go through. You will have some joy. It may not be a perfect joy, all like everybody have all the joy that they can have at one time. But in difficult times, because of the oil of gladness on you, you will find some peace. You will be able to ride through the storm. You will be able to make it through and you will come out at the other end. Hallelujah. That is the oil of joy. And I pray that all of us shall have that oil of joy. Because in this life, everybody goes through. Hello? I go through. I know you go through unless you are not from earth. Hallelujah. Even Jesus, when he came, he went through. So we all need the oil of gladness. The special anointing called the oil of gladness. Psalm 45 verse 7. Oh, you projected this first? Okay. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. Hallelujah. Who would have ever thought that for oil of joy, you have to receive anointing? This was a scripture that was quoted from Psalm 45 verse 7. Hallelujah. So when you go through your dark times, ask God to anoint you. Say, God, I need your anointing. I need that anointing for joy. 
I need the oil of gladness. I need to be able to beat this situation. But in particular, right now, I want to have the oil. Let the oil come. The Bible says the anointing breaks the yoke, right? When the anointing comes, every yoke shall be broken. It doesn't matter what kind of yoke it is. It may be the yoke of, 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 of terror. It may be the yoke of fear. It may be the yoke of depression. It may be the yoke of anxiety. It may be the yoke of failure. It may be the yoke of loss of job. It may be the yoke that you, you see you cannot do anything in school or wherever you are, your job, your marriage, everything is falling apart. Oh, look, the anointing with the oil of joy. Hallelujah. I wish that I have this all the time replenished. Oh, I'm just imagining that oil being poured continuously doesn't end. Because for what we go through, may God continue to pour that oil of joy. So that nothing shall beat, make me, you know, beat me small. May the oil of joy fall on you today. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The oil of joy. The oil of joy. The oil of joy. Now, the, the one unique thing about the oil or the anointing for joy or gladness, it gives you a competitive advantage. Hallelujah. It gives you victory. Hallelujah. Now, if you read this closely, that's where the, I think the competitive... Yeah, it is there. You, you love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions. Competitive advantage. Hello? The oil that brings competitive advantage. So your adversaries, people who hate you, you have advantage over them because of the oil of gladness. Hallelujah. It gives you victory. Now, when we read in Mark chapter number 14, I don't think I gave you that one. But when we give you Mark chapter 14, verse 3 to 9, let's read it quickly. When Jesus was about to go and be slaughtered on the cross, Mark 14, 3 to 9. Yes. While he was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. Verse 4. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those people present were saying, oh, you could have done this. This is a waste of money, a waste of perfume. It could have been given, yes, sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. So Jesus said, leave her alone. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you always have with you and you can help them anytime you want. But you will not always have me. She did what she could. Again, she poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel... Okay, so she poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. When the Lord told me about this and I read, I almost took it out. But he said, no, wait. I know why this scripture is important. Why would somebody pour the perfume of a year's wage? That represents an anointing oil. Hello? That is what it represents. And the Bible says he poured it upon his head, right? So that it dripped down, kind of like we are anointing people. And then he said, Jesus said that he did that to prepare me for my burial. So then it means that the anointing oil, when you receive, are you going to die? That's why I almost took it out. <laughs> Hallelujah. When you receive the, 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 uh, the oil of gladness, are you going to die? No. But he said, no. That was the beginning of my power. Because I went to the grave and I did not stay there. Ah, I rose up by the oil preparing me to go through the worst kind of things that you could imagine. Which we human beings are known what death, right? Death is the, the strongest enemy we have, right? By, by anointing me to go through death, I rose up. I did not remain in the grave. So when you receive the oil of gladness, it doesn't mean that you will not go through. And as a matter of fact, sometimes you go to your wit's end where there's like no hope, 
where everybody would have given up and said, oh, as for this, it won't work anymore. That is when you even need the anointing oil. Because at that time, it's preparing you for your burial. For the end of what is worst. It doesn't make sense to anybody. Hallelujah. The oil of gladness, when it has come, prepares you for the end. It is bringing to an end the worst thing ever. Everything after that is greatness. Resurrection, name given above every name, at this mention of his name, every knee shall bow, and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Oil of gladness first. Hallelujah. So you got to keep that in perspective. Like the oil of gladness coming doesn't mean that you, as for you, no more problems. Though. It means that when the problems come, the oil will end it. Ah, hallelujah. When that situation gets tough, the oil will bring it to an end. The oil prepares him for the barrier of the situation and then the resurrection will come. Hallelujah. Amen. The oil of gladness. Amen. It's the biggest, it brings the biggest victory ever. When you're going through anything, just ask that the Lord will anoint you with the oil of gladness. We all need it, especially when you are at your wit's end. Sometimes you don't need to ask God, God, my marriage is on the rocks. As for this thing that this man has done, I don't think anything is going to salvage this. As for this, hey, he really cheated? Oh, that's the end. Me, I can't handle it anymore. No, ask for the oil of gladness. Hello? As for this thing that I've gone through, this disease that came, oh, that's the end. Ask for the oil of gladness. Hallelujah. It's going to end whatever situation it is. And you're going to rise up at the other side. And your name will be lifted Hallelujah, kind of like Jesus. Not, not as high as Jesus, but your name will be lifted. People shall see you and say that, hey, you too, this is you. What happened? I heard. Yes, you heard, but I got oil. Oh, masakata. Yes, you heard, but the Lord gave me the oil of gladness. So that at my wit's end, the barrier came, it ended, and I resurrected. And right now I am here because of the oil that lifted me up, that catapulted me to my heights now. In the name of Jesus, the oil of gladness. And the last one that we're going to talk about is the oil of discernment, which is also the oil or anointing for knowledge. Hallelujah. Amen. The oil of discernment. You have the scriptures, right? Hallelujah. The oil of discernment. The oil of discernment. Hallelujah. First John. First John 2, 19 to 20. And then we will also go to First John 2, 27. I'll read the first John 2, 19 to 20. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belong to us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. And all of you know the truth. Hallelujah. Does it make sense? This is pre preached already. I don't need to explain. So some people left. Some people left. Kind of like going to church. Some people will come to church, they will leave. Go back to the world, do whatever they want. Why? Because maybe they missed boozing. They feel like here we don't tolerate people boozing, boozing, boozing. We talk about people, don't, we don't want people to be womanizing. So they, 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 they left. Hallelujah. Some people left. Some people left. But you remained. Those of you who remain, the only difference is the anointing. Right? That's what the Bible is saying there. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. And that anointing makes you know the truth. So there's an anointing for knowledge. There's an anointing for discernment. So if something beats your mind, if you don't know stuff, ask God for the oil of knowledge. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ask God to receive that anointing that will make you know the truth. Because if you know the truth, the truth shall set you free. My wife has been telling me some story about some sect, some kind of a, a Christian sect that came out of Christianity. Now, some people, they call themselves holiness. Anybody, have, anybody heard about them? Holiness. Oh, you haven't heard? Hey, 
Presiding, you haven't heard nobody. It's here in New York. New York City. Some group of women came out and said that it's not even important to live in America. So they left and went back to wherever they came from, to the Caribbean, to wherever. Hallelujah. Oh, it's not even good to wear earrings because when the Jews, when the people of Israel were waiting on Moses and Moses wasn't coming, they took their earrings and made on. So because of that, no earrings. Oh, we don't even have to be married to your husband if your husband had married somebody before they left the person and they came. Because the Bible says that if these people, we all know, including some people from where I come from, I'm surprised you don't know. Hallelujah. Holiness sect. Go and go, go, go. Now they are beginning to fall apart. They were Christians. Um, they were believers because they were in the church. Hallelujah. But like John said, they began to leave. So people brought ideas. Oh, but tight pain is in the Old Testament. It's no longer in the New Testament. Though. That is the same ideas. So people will come to you and say, oh, but who told you? Do you think that, well, in the olden days, it was, it was right that before you marry, you don't see a man. You got to be holy. You got to make sure. But now, oh no, who can ever do that? People of God oh, in the church making new rules, new sects. Why? Because they are believing something else other than what scripture says. Compromising scripture to make it easy for themselves. Hallelujah. Amen. So we don't have to compromise. I mean, if you are in it, you can stop. This is the time for your salvation. But the people who know the truth have received the anointing. So in order to be able to follow the truth, ask God, God anoint me with the oil of knowledge, the oil of discernment, the anointing that makes me know the truth so that nobody can convince me otherwise. No worldly pleasure, no ideas from people who call themselves Christians can steal me from the presence of you, God, from what you have taught me, what I have known. The tithe is, is scriptural, even, even all the way to the New Testament, proof everywhere. I am not going to listen to ideas from people who, because of hardship, because they're living from paycheck, everybody lives from paycheck to paycheck. You think it's only you, so you say that, hey, because my paycheck is not enough, I don't have savings, I'm not going to pay my tithe. Well, check your spending. Maybe you need a custodian anointing, right? Hallelujah. Once you get a custodian anointing, you begin to pay it. You don't struggle it. You don't say that, oh, uh, so if, it, if they are really saying that, then maybe it's true. Because why would God really make you pay tight when you are struggling? Truth. The oil of truth. The anointing that brings the truth. Hallelujah. Beloved, we are going to pause and end here. But I want you to look through all of them. I'm going to just go through all of them quickly. And see where you lack most. As for me, I lack in everything. And I'm praying that at least by the end of the prayer... Oh, at least, at least I'll get three. If the Lord will be generous enough to give me at least three of them. All of them. I want all of them. Hallelujah. 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 Because it is about, it is about time. We don't want to be deceived. We don't want anybody calling and telling you stuff that are not true. And being a Christian, you can tell them the truth and you leave. Because you lack the oil of truth. You lack the anointing to know the truth. Oh, God forbid. Tell your neighbor, God forbid. Hallelujah. God forbid that we will live our lives that way. God forbid that we will be drawn out because of somebody's own ideas. Somebody who sat down. Now, these holiness people I talked to you about, their founders have begun to repent. And now they are beginning to... They are beginning to repackage. As a matter of fact, some people actually gave back their green cards. Yes, because they said that the way they got it before was wrong. And the Bible says when, when Zacchaeus saw Jesus, and I'm telling you, holiness people, because of them. And, and these people were people who were in church. Oh, church, it's not like they were unbelievers. They were church Christians. So beloved, know what you are listening to and focus on the anointing. Because when the anointing comes, you will know the truth. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's go through them quickly and then we will pray. 
So the first kind of anointing that we talked about is the priestly anointing. Consecration of the priest, which we said that all of us are royal priesthood. By the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus and the pouring of the Holy Ghost on you, we are all priesthoods. So everybody has a semblance of the anointing called the priestly anointing. The second one we talked about is the custodian anointing, which is said that is the special kind of anointing that gives people the power to keep in, in charge, power to keep charge, to keep control of their own affairs and of the affairs that are committed to them, Peace, uh, custodian anointing. And the next anointing we talked about is the king's anointing or leadership anointing, which he said that is the one that comes when God himself chooses, not people forcing themselves and become violent and not empathetic to the people they are leading. And also, it's the anointing that brings empathy for people they lead. And also, the other anointing we talked about was the oil of gladness, which we said that, hey, you may be going through, but if you have the oil of gladness, you may come to your wit's end, where everybody, and even including you, may think that it is over. But when the Lord oils you, oh, when the oil falls down, you shall rise. Hallelujah. That is the oil of gladness. And then the last one was the anointing for discernment, the oil of knowledge, which tells us how to behave in the house of God, not to be pulled away from the things that God himself has spoken to us, things we already know to be true. We don't get convinced to change, to believe otherwise. Why? Because we believe that there is an oil on us. Now, this holiness, people, if you read in uh, 1 John 2, 27, the second scripture, it says, as for you, the anointing you received. <laughs> so you see, it, 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 it's an anointing. You know, to know the truth, you have to have the anointing. As for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you. And you do not need anyone to teach you. Why? Because you have discernment. You know. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and, that, and it's that anointing and, and that the anointing is real, not counterfeit. So the holiness people is a counterfeit anointing. They may do big stuff, but it's a counterfeit anointing. Just as it has taught you, remain in him. So remain in Christ because you have the oil of knowledge and discernment. May we be on our feet. Just open your mouth and speak something to the word, to the Lord right now. Thank God right now. Say, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I honor you. Lord, I give you praise. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you,